What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to my channel. I'm joined once again by my guy, Dalton Rasta. As we're going to do a little bit of a, uh, a breakdown series here today, we're going to go over uh, some of the uh, matchups that are coming up at UFC 260 and then UFC 261. So UFC 260, we got Brian Ortega uh, getting his shot against Alexander Volkanovsky. Dalton, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, I think Volkanovsky takes it honestly uh brian ortega showed improvements in his last fight especially in the striking and he has really good grappling but uh we've seen volkanovsky beat holloway twice you know and we've seen what holloway did to ortega and i know mma math doesn't add up like that but uh stylistically i still think it's a hard matchup for uh brian ortega yeah i agree with that one uh and and you brought up a good point uh volkanovsky's beaten Max Holloway twice and a lot of controversy after the second one. Did you think that uh, Volkanovski won that second one over Holloway? Yeah, I, th I think he won both fights. I mean, if you go back and look at the fight statistics, numbers don't lie. Everybody wants to talk about like uh, how they watched the fight and so-and-so won. Uh, and a lot of that's based off of the bias from, I believe, the commentators that they hear during the fight. But if you block that out, and even if you listen to it and you're still watching the fight unbiasedly yourself, uh, you can see who's winning the fights, really. And it's scored, like, people got to understand it's scored by rounds, you know. Mm -hmm. If I win the first round, three rounds, 10-9, 10-9, 10-9, and you beat the, beat the shit out of me in, in the last two rounds, you know, but one of them's a 10-9, other one's a 10-8, guess what? You still lost the fight, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And it's like, oh, well, they scored it 50 to 46, you know, saying that, that that's that's pretty much an ass whooping. And it's like, no, that's not the way it looked at. I mean, each round could be very close. They could be mm -hmm. very, very close rounds, you know. And if you give the other – whoever wins the round gets the 10. Whoever, the, whoever loses the round gets the 9. And every single round could be close. And then the other person wins the last round. And then that's where you get the 50 to 46 at. And people are like, oh, they're pretty much saying that it was one side. It's like, no, that's not what they're saying. People don't really understand the judging system, the scoring system of MMA. Mm -hmm. And I, know, I think they have difficulty grasping the fact that it's judged by a round and that it can only be 10 9, 10, or 10 8, you know, or in right. rare cases uh, with penalty points and everything else uh it, it could be a 10-7 or a 9-8 or 9-9 whatever but it's it's hard for people to understand that yeah well man uh brian ortega kind of you know talking about this matchup he just came off of a win he had a two-year layoff he beat the zombie uh the korean zombie and uh you know, what were your thoughts watching that fight? Uh, if you watched it live or if you just, you know, maybe saw some highlights on it, what did you think of Brian Ortega? As he kind of said in the buildup to that fight that he thought that he was a new man. What did you think? Um, I mean, I watched the fight and I mean, he beat, he beat the Korean zombie pretty good. And he was doing a lot of uh, new things. Like he was faking takedowns. He was pulling that front leg and using it to set up uh, shots up top. And uh, he was attacking the body. He was attacking all three levels. Uh, he did look like a new fighter, you know, and I think he's very much improved, but I still don't think he could beat Vol Volkanovski.
So, uh, so we got a prediction, I guess, huh? <laughs> Going with Volkanovski. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, the main event of UFC 260 is Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou 2. This is the second time that they fought Stipe. It went the distance last time. Stipe got the W. What do you think is different coming into this fight, if anything, at all between these two? I mean, Stipe is a, f- a few years older, you know. He's coming towards the end of his career. I mean, he knows that. A lot of the fans know that. Uh, everybody knows Ngannou has uh, a lot of power, you know. But uh, we've seen we've seen at points where he makes mistakes or he's spot or he's hesitant, like against uh, Derek Lewis, where he knows he can be knocked out too. And mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't pull the trigger as much. And then also with the fact that he got out-wrestled so badly by uh, Stipe last time around that – I don't see the pro- – I mean, we, we haven't really seen the progression in his wrestling at all in his past fights. You know, the only person that would have wrestled him like Stipe did is Curtis Blades, and Curtis Blades got knocked out So both times. So it's hard to judge how much better his wrestling got, but um, I think Stipe is continuing to improve as well as Nganu, and I think it's just going to be like a similar fight to the first one. And mm-hmm. unless Ngannou's improved his wrestling immensely, I, th- I think Stipe is going to uh, take it again. Unanimous decision. Yeah, that were kind of, that was my thoughts coming into this fight. A lot of people uh, – actually, Francis Ngannou is the favorite for this matchup, which isn't surprising. Uh, if anybody knows anything about Stipe Miocic, he's usually always the underdog heading in. Mm-hmm. But um, do you think Francis is a little one-dimensional? Do you think I've heard some people say that, you know, he, he's kind of relies too much on his boxing or kind of what are your thoughts on him? No, I, I, I don't think he's one dimensional. I mean, he trains at extreme couture. So he has good, uh, obviously good boxing coaches, has good kickboxing coaches. And uh, I mean, as a fighter at that gym, you're going to continue to evolve your, your game, but you're going to stick to what you're best at and you're going to uh, plug, you know, s- small, uh, new weapons in your arsenal here and there. So um, evolution of a fighter can take a lot longer for somebody like that who's so good at one thing that mm-hmm. they catch somebody with that big that big shot over and over again so you don't get to see his new tools and stuff like that. Um, I don't think he's one-dimensional at all. I, I think he can kick box. I think he can box. Obviously, he has a lot of power. And dude's a big, strong dude. I mean, wrestling's a lot of technique, but somebody as athletic as that and as strong as that can catch on the wrestling very quickly. Now I think he can wrestle and against your average fighter, I think he could probably out wrestle him, but we're talking about like Stipe Miocic here. And like we're, when we talk about people like Curtis Blades and Daniel Cormier, of course he's going to get out wrestled by those guys, but he's not one dimensional by any means. All right, man. Well, uh, something we talked about the last time we had you on, we talked about, um, Jorge Masvidal, if he fought Kamara Usman again, well, Dana White broke the news the other day that uh, April 24th in Jacksonville, they're going to have fans at this event. Yeah, 15,000. So this will be the uh, first gate with – or first gate in a while. So there will be fans in the building at Veteran Memorial Arena. So what are your thoughts on this one? Because I know you you shared some thoughts last time, but – has your has your mind changed a little bit? What do you what are you thinking for uh, Usman Masvidal too? No, I, it hasn't changed at all. 
for the people that haven't seen the last show, um, I picked Masvidal over Usman. Um, and to, I mean, the fight could obviously go. This is a fight game. The fight can go either way. If Usman's able to hold up against the fence the whole time, again, and foot stomp him, he's going to win by boring unanimous decision, you know. But I don't think that's happening this time. Um, I've wrestled with Masvidal myself. His wrestling defense is getting better. It's 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 good. He's a, he's a very good fighter. He's not one dimensional. A lot of people think he's just a striker. He can wrestle a little bit. You know, he's he has Johnny Eblen here wrestling with him. He has me here wrestling with him. He has Cody Law wrestling with him. He has Tyron Woodley was in here for a little bit wrestling with him. You know, and I, I've seen he's in here every day. You know, he's working hard, and um, I, I think it's going to be a much different fight this time because last time. It was six days notice, you know, and everybody's like, uh, Usman uh, dominated and blah, blah, blah. It's six days notice for Usman too. Yeah, but Usman had a full training camp and his fighter pulled out mm-hmm. of the fight because he got injured. So Mazadal was a late replacement. Originally, Mazadal was slated to fight Usman for the title, but they couldn't come to uh, terms on that, and he had to – or they ended up not making the fight and he was training to fight the fight originally, but for a few weeks he was, you know, at home relaxing, coming in, he was training casually, you know, still trying to get better, sharpen things up, but it isn't train fight camp training, you know? And mm-hmm. then he gets the fight on six days notice and he's 20 something pounds over and he has to cut that in six days, you know, five days realistically. And, uh, with all the travel he had to do and everything, it's, it's, it's a lot to do on, six days notice and that's a lot of weight to cut in five days and people don't realize how that affects you and the fact that he didn't have a full training camp and he came in there with just being in normal shape uh fighting a championship five round fight and people don't understand it so this time around full fight camp you know with all the work he's been doing with the wrestling and everything he has been since he was preparing for it originally and uh, just how hard he's working and everything. I, I definitely think Masvidal takes this one. Yeah, and I'm kind of with you on that one. I'm, I'm, I'm a Jorge fan, so hoping that he can finally become champ. But how do you think he gets it done? So last time, as you knockout. said, Usman, knockout? Knockout. Okay. I, I think so. I think so. Uh, so the thing is, if he can keep Kamaru from putting him against the fence, you know, I, I think Kamaru Usman – is going to get frustrated you know he's going to start taking bad shots and obviously they're going to be stuck in the open if he can't get him uh back to the cage like he wants to and everybody knows how dangerous Mazadol is in, in the open and how dangerous he is on his feet so um we've seen that Usman can be hurt we've just seen in his last fight against Gilbert and uh, I strongly believe that uh Mazadol is gonna knock him out yeah, so do you think – what do you think Usman's game plan is coming in? Do you think he's going to take a similar approach? Yeah, now this is this is the thing. So they say if it isn't broke, don't fix it. That's true for a lot of cases. But with fighting, with it constantly evolving, and because you fight the person, fought the person before, now the person knows what they think you're going to do. So he's thinking countering, countering those game plans, you know, because he's like thinking – all right, they know I'm going to hold them against the fence the whole entire time and split something. So they're going to be ready for that. You know, they're going to be training against that. So now since they think I'm going to do that, I'm actually going to do this. So it's going to be a completely different game plan. And it's going to be a lot of guessing on what's going to go on. So I think 
at the end of the day, he's going to come in with a different game game plan. But when it doesn't work, he's going to go back to what he knows and he's going to try to put Masvidal against the fence. But like I said, I don't think that's going to happen. If it does, I think Masvidal gets away from the fence. And I think he doesn't let him sit there and put his weight on him and drain him all fight long. All right. Well, the other day, Dana White made the announcement that Michael Chandler is going to get a title shot against Carlos Oliveira. Well, it is a vacant title, so not really a title shot. But they're going to figure out. We're going to find out May fifteenth who the champ is. Do you think it's strange that Dustin? I mean, Dustin's supposed to fight Connor, but do you think it's strange that Dustin winning these fights? He's you know he's on a win streak and he's the number one guy that he wasn't involved in a title fight. Yeah, I think it's very strange, but who knows, like, with Dana White and with what Dustin wants to do, who knows, like, the reason behind everything that's happening. Dustin might not want to want the title at the moment, you know. It might not be his concern, you know. He might prefer the corner rematch over a title. He might have been offered it and turned it down. He might have – because he wants the corner trilogy, you know. Or maybe the corner, corner fight is a lot more money. Or like whatever his reason is, you know, you, you got to respect it. And I think it, it more so has to do with um, kind of the same thing we were talking about earlier with the UFC and him not coming to terms on things because he's he's earned his his spot in the UFC and he's earned being able to make top dog money, you know, and mm-hmm. UFC knowing how UFC is and how MMA is really not just UFC. Uh, promoters are stingy, and you know, and uh, he probably wanted to get paid his worth. All right. Well, if who do you uh, have a guy in mind that you think is going to win out of uh, Oliveira and Chandler? Mm, I think, I think Michael Chandler. Yeah, I've I've been kind of back and forth on that one. I don't really have a pick for that one yet. But how would you see that fight kind of playing out with a guy like uh, Oliveira, who's very dangerous uh, in the grappling aspect? Well, yeah, Oliveira is very dangerous, and I mean we've seen what he did to like Tony Ferguson, but also uh, Ferguson. It's been a while since he's fought like top ten guys, you know, and everybody in the top ten is improving, and he's always obviously on the like downfall. You know, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, he's only getting older and uh, because of his, you know, he fought Justin Gaethje. We saw what Justin Gaethje did to him. And then his next fight with the top 10 guy was Charlie Olives, you know, so <laughs> uh, and we we never really got to see somebody with that type of um ground game or that type of skill on the ground up against Tony, Tony Ferguson, you know, he usually fights a lot of strikers and um, I just think because of that, people are overrating Charlie Olives. And I think, I don't, I don't think he's able to take Michael Chandler down. Like he took um, Tony Ferguson down. Now Tony Ferguson is an all American wrestler, you know, but He's away from wrestling for so long, you know. He's used to striking. He's he's comfortable being on his on his back, you know. He might have not been defending those takedowns with everything in him. He might have been trying to save some energy. Who know who knows whatever his game plan was. But Michael Chandler sticks to his wrestling. He's good at everything. He's good. He has a good takedown defense. He has a lot of power. He's good striking. He has a lower center center of gravity. I think it's going to be really hard for 
uh, Oliveira to take him down in the first place to get to that spot to actually threaten submissions. And um, I don't think he's going to go there unless Michael Chandler takes him down. And if Michael Chandler's on top with his wrestling and ground and pound and power and everything, it's going to create a lot of problems for Oliveira. All right. Well, that'll be an interesting matchup coming up a little bit down the line. But um, back to the McGregor and Poirier fight. You know, that they say, I think that they're targeting that for July 10th. What are your thoughts on that one? Um, I mean, we've seen how the last fight went. So, and Dustin's back in the gym working. You know, I just seen another day. Um, I mean, dude, he, Connor's obviously like an icon in the sport, you know, and he made, he transformed the sport. Everybody's getting paid more and stuff because of him. And he's one of my favorite fighters growing up, but. I train with Dustin now. I get to see what he does day in and day out. Who knows what like Connor's doing nowadays with the money he made and everything else and the way he came into that last fight. And he didn't look too great. And then Dustin looked like he was the best he's ever been, you know. So I think if they fight again, well, July 10th, it says so far, that's rumors that they're fighting again. I think Dustin gets it done again. All right, man. Well, those of you that don't know, my guy Dalton here has a fight coming up in a few weeks on April 9th, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah, can you preview that thing for us a little bit before we go? Yeah, so April 9th uh, at the Mohegan Sun Casino Arena in uh, Connecticut. Uh, I'm fighting Tony Johnson at 185 pounds on April 9th. Uh, right now, it says we're on the prelims, but who knows, might get bumped up to the main card if so it'll be on showtime if not it'll be on the bellator app and youtube live sweet man well best of luck to you thanks for coming on it's always a pleasure having you and uh we'll get you on again sometime soon